Today is publication day of the year of no nonsense, so super celebratory day. I am airing an episode of the podcast where my good friend Jessica Gore from Moon 40 Marketing interviews me about my life and the book that was upcoming. So we recorded this episode five days before publication day, and Jessica said, you know, maybe record an intro and let them know that you're feeling better. I will say that she said I was a bit of a Debbie Downer in some places on this episode. I did not mean to be, but I really have a hard time being anyone other than myself at wherever I am in life. So this episode is an interview with me. I hope you all enjoy this episode with your host, Meredith Atwood, interviewed by Jessica Gore. Hi, and welcome to the Same 24 Hours Podcast. I'm Meredith Atwood, author of the book, The Year of No Nonsense. I'm a former attorney turned writer, speaker, and Ironman triathlete. Although right now, all I really like to do is lift weights. We all have the same 24 hours, but it's what we do in those hours that leads to our greatest health, happiness, and success. It's my goal to crack the code on a life of less nonsense so we can all make the most of our 24 hours. So let's get started. Today's episode is different. It is in celebration of publication day of the year of no nonsense. Yay! But it's a weird episode (laughs) because I am being interviewed by my good friend Jessica Gore with Moon 40 Marketing. Hello, Jessica. Hi. Since you are in charge of this episode now, <laughs> I will be quiet. No, so we, we thought it would be fun. Actually, mm-hmm. whose idea was this? Yours. Oh, it was my idea. That's yeah. because I'm a narcissist. <laughs> you are. <laughs> <laughs> and all the psychologists go, oh, explain so much. I am not a narcissist. No, she's not. But um, we did think it would be fun actually I've had a lot of people who said like you should have someone interview you so this is this is um yeah that's what we're doing (laughs) I don't know how to be are you nervous um no are you nervous no no see that's what two two Enneagram eights do yeah we just like two go for it what is it two rams like locking horns or like whatever (laughs) (laughs) clink clink let's go um but we said we were going to do this because this is like episode 160. Let's see. I posted one today. This is like episode 167. And I don't know that I've ever done an episode just talking about like how I got to where I am. And so some people who are new to the podcast might not have a clue. So here yeah. we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, for the record, everybody, she has not heard any of these questions. So this oh, is all on the fly. Yeah. But a little bit about Jessica first. <laughs> right. Um, So funny story about how I met Jessica. Um, I actually didn't meet her in person until like two months ago when she came up to Boston. But um, she I remember I was sitting at the pool this summer and I get an email from someone who says, like, basically, you need website help. My our friend Amelia. (laughs) Right, Amelia? Yeah, I make up her name. Yeah, that's right. For some reason, I was like in my head, I was like, Amelia, that's not right. And then yeah. I'm like basic lifter bot. Yep. <laughs> that's all I can see. Um, but our friend Amelia said, you know, I might could help you. And I'm like, what the hell? I know my website sucks, but whatever. I get like emails all the time about let me help you with your SEO and your website. So anyway, I talked to Jessica at the pool. I remember I was at the pool and she's like, uh-huh. I can help you. Your website sucks. And I'm like, whatever. And I was I like, did not say it sucks. I said it did not match the quality of content that you were producing. <laughs> and that is a very different way of wording something. <laughs> but anyway, I remember like for the first time in my life, like just shutting someone down I was like yeah I'm not interested no I don't think you can help me I'm not paying for anything (laughs) yeah she was like yeah I've had I've redone everything like every single year so whatever it was kind of like somebody that had been on like bad blind dates for like (laughs) years and then like a good person comes along and she's like yeah no (laughs) yeah I wasn't I wasn't having it she was not having it I was was like okay having it and I felt so like proud of myself for standing up for myself and then I felt bad and then Jessica's like well no like I can really help you and I'm like okay I'll just be nice now fine and then like within two weeks I had like a complete rebrand of my website and my podcast and new logos and everything was amazing because number one Jessica 
not only does great work, but she does it at Meredith pace. <laughs> and that is curse. critical, critical <laughs> that you can move and think in fa- as fast as is going on in my head. So for yeah. anyone, that's the advertising for Jessica Moon Forty Marketing. She don't, really don't does set the, uh, the the Meredith pace expectation for everybody. Okay. <laughs> she moves like you know a slow glacier. <laughs> she moves like a glacier, but um, seriously, <laughs> exceptional work, and I'm th- I'm thrilled that you're in my life. So thank you, Jessica. And thank you. <laughs> Here's your little pre podcast ad. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. All right, so let's let's jump right in. Yeah, um, so. I was going to ask you this before, but I want to ask you while we're recording, how are you doing? Um, so it's five days out. Can you believe that? This will air on pub day, but yeah, like as of now, it's five days out. I am not good. (laughs) (laughs) And you know that, like you can, you can sense it. Your texts Um, have been a little erratic, like a lot of emojis. (laughs) It's like when I have no energy for words, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's what, funny. What are you feeling though? Like, are you anxious? Are you excited? Are you like all the above? Are you I am not yeah. even remotely excited? And I know that's a terrible thing to be. Um, but I think it's because it's just like Brene talks about Brene Brown talks about Brene, you know, Brene. we're on first name basis, <laughs> me and Brene. Um, well, just like Brene Brown, Dr. Brene Brown talks about, um, about a vulnerability hangover. Um, That's what I feel like. I feel like I've been with this book for two years, which I have, and I'm used to it. It's like I'm hanging out with it, but now everyone else is about to hang out with it, and it's freaking me out. (laughs) And you've read it. I mean, you you know. Hangover would come, like, after the book is out, though? I mean, I I think that would make more sense. (laughs) Just thinking of hangovers. Yeah, I mean, I think it would make more sense if there was a... Um, yeah, like after it comes out, I feel that way. But then I think that's going to be a different emotion because then the, you know, the reviews start and the comments and the people that hate it come out and the people that love it come out and the people, or, or it's just like, God forbid, silent. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, then the expectation that, you know, people have to read the book and that takes time and publication day just means that a lot of people, get the book it doesn't even mean and then some people aren't even getting it till after christmas now which means my distribution channels are which is great it just means that the warehouses don't have as many as they thought you know it's a great problem to have so um but i just i don't know i I didn't feel this way about the triathlon book i think because one it's a different subject too it had already been out there before and um it was so heavily read and edited that I wasn't worried about it, but I feel, I feel very nervous. Okay. I'm nervous. I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't, I mean, you've read it. What, what should I feel? <laughs> Proud. Oh, you really mean that? Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I was one of the first people to read it. Um, she sent me a copy just because I was doing her rebrand and she's like, well, you should probably know it's about to go into the world. Like, so. don't try and put butterflies on my website, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No pink and purple. Here's the book. Go to town. Right. So um, I actually read it really quickly um, and probably like in a day or two. Um, yeah. And which I actually don't recommend if you're really reading it. I, I, I'm going to read it again with the, you know, the paper copy and actually like go through it again. Um but I remember reading it and like every single chapter was like, oh, this person needs this book. Oh, ooh, yeah. Ooh, that person needs this book. They might be offended if I give them this book, but I'm going to get it for them anyway. <laughs> so like, it was like all of these things of it uh, in my life, too. I mean, I'm not, you know, pointing fingers at people in my life, but it was definitely like a oh, my God. Like, this is going to strike a chord with so many people. And because there's a bunch of different topics um, for each chapter, you know, each chapter is a different focus. I think that even if one doesn't resound with you, one is very strongly going to resound with you. So because everybody's at different points in life, right? Yeah. Um, You know, and everybody has different addictions and different struggles and different, you know, what they're dealing with in life at the moment. So, um, 
yeah, I think you should be absolutely proud. Um, a little terrified. Um, <laughs> See, that is what every single person says. A little bit, but that's good though. I mean, on, so we've talked about this. She and I have talked about this privately, like about the stuff that is in the book that is personal. And actually it was when, when we met, remember? And she was like, I talk about, um, oh, I don't know if I can say it. It's in your book. The, um, you can say it. Okay, the inverted nipples thing. <laughs> Spoiler alert. There's a thing. Spoiler alert. The hashtag throughout the whole book, actually. It's in like the first and last chapter. Um, And she was like, but I talk about inverted nipples. And I was like, yes, so what? Like everybody (laughs) has their shit, (laughs) you know, like, like if anything, it's the most relatable thing that I had read because then I'm thinking to when I was a kid and I had, you know, crazy misconceptions about body parts and right. you know, how relationships work. I mean, you name it, everybody has that embarrassing thing. So I think that on some level, it's kind of amazing that you did that because it just, you know, kind of gives credibility to you are a very human person and we are all of those inverted nipple people, you know? <laughs> like- <laughs> well, I really kept expecting, like every time I got the manuscript back from my editor, I really expected that one, that story to get hacked and it never, it's like the lone survivor. That's funny. (laughs) Like new stories came in, some went out, but like the nipple story always, it's like almost the book kind of rotated around it. No pun intended. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it's in there to stay. But you're a fly on the wall in that like board meeting, like, so (laughs) inverted nipple she's talking about. (laughs) Yeah, your nay. Let's take a vote. So that actually leads me to my first official question. Um, What are things that you edited out of the book? Well, that's why they're out. So we don't discuss them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, I edited out very heavily specific stories about my trauma and my childhood and things that I thought would hurt people, um, even though they were perfectly legit stories to tell and my experience with them was real. And the pain that emerged and the alcohol that was drank because of them (laughs) and like literally probably some of the sources of my trauma. Um, I I pulled them out in the 11th hour, mind you. Um, They all made it. Well, so it's really interesting. So I started writing The Year of No Nonsense at the end of 2017. And I did not uncover like what I call the primal wound. Yeah. I mean, I didn't invent that word, but but it's what psychologists call kind of the wound that caused all your shit. <laughs> right. Really. I didn't uncover that. I didn't uncover that until early of the early this year. And the the book was 70% done. And so I had to change a lot. I changed a lot of my theories. I changed mm-hmm. a lot of my um thinking and a lot of thing a lot of things just changed with the book and so when I was dealing with this stuff, I used the manuscript as therapy. Right. And so I would send revisions to my editor and she's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, and things would just come out, you know, like, no. She's like, what is going on with you? No, you know. And it's funny because the book, and I, I don't know if this is some sort of breach of contract, me talking about this particular thing, but the book that they um, purchased, the one that I pitched them, they said, yeah, go write that book, was is not the book that this is today. Um, it changed drastically and about halfway through writing it, I sent it to my editor and I said, so yeah, it it kind of, it's not this at all. And she's like, oh no, (laughs) like, what have you done? And I said, well, just look at it and let me know if it's really off base and I'll try and, you know, go back to the original. And so she, she looked at it and said, no, no, keep going. This is, this is what you need to write. And so (laughs) that was before the trauma yeah and so then it actually went another layer so i actually like screwed them over several times <laughs> um but then like for the good like i think the book we ended up with was better than any book that i would have written at the end of 2017 and so but it's really interesting to go through like an evolution of your life yeah. while you're trying to write a self-help book for other people and yourself <laughs> Like right. it was, it was really one of the hardest things I've ever done, but the, the things that got left out. So I wrote, and, and a lot of people will tell you this when you, if you want to be a writer to writing and editing are two different things. You never edit while you write. Mm-hmm. You just write, 
and then later you edit. And so I wrote and wrote and wrote, and then later I edited. And so a lot of the stories that I needed to write for my own therapy and to get to where I was and to help uncover things, they didn't need to go into the book. I mean, it would have made for a much more interesting book, but I chose to pull out a lot of specifics because I had to think of myself as a parent in 30 years from now, if my children decided to, you know, go off and write a book, like what would really hurt me and what was unnecessary, mm-hmm. what was gratuitous, what, and not just about my parents, but just about my life, my friends, my church. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, you know, the question I I asked was, will this story or will this statement actually help anyone? Or is this a zinger? Is this me proving a point? Is this hard? You know, and so it's the same way I kind of blog now. I just try to be more careful, um, but I'm sure I'm still going to piss people off. Since I've known you, um, I have learned, and you were just talking about writing and writing and writing and kind of like writing out your truth, basically, for lack of better words. Um, Why are you such a huge supporter of journaling and writing? Mm. Journaling helps maintain some sort of mental stability and I think that because when things are pinging around in your head when you're just thinking and mulling things over and they're just spinning around in circles in your head like that can actually drive you crazy yeah like I genuinely believe that and for me it becomes right upon waking the insanity starts it's just oh my god the things I need to do today the people I hate today (laughs) people I I like it's just like the list begins immediately Mm -hmm. when I wake up And so I started following Julia Cameron's morning pages. um, Mm -hmm. I guess it's probably been two years, maybe a year and a half ago, which you just wake up and you write stream Mm -hmm. of consciousness for 10 minutes, or I think she says three pages, but pages Mm -hmm. are subjective. So I try and say 10 minutes, but it's probably more like 20 or 30. Um, But that stream of consciousness does a bunch of things because it allows you to just dump your brain out <laughs> yeah, and, and get out the circular thoughts that are going to drive you crazy the whole day if you don't get them out. And so what journaling has done for me is it has provided a sense of um, clarity, a sense of release. It helps me think the things and put them on paper versus saying them out loud to someone, <laughs> which I think is, a, you know, it's a relationship saver. Like if you find yourself really angry taking pen to paper that no one will read versus mouth to other ear yeah. is, is really beneficial. So I always encourage journaling and I especially encourage it in anyone that is starting a sobriety journey, especially because the, the voices in your head during like baby sobriety are really loud and it's a great tool to kind of get through that. So um, I will add to that. So I have never journaled. Um, consistently, at least in my entire life. And you had mentioned morning pages, other podcasts have mentioned morning pages. And I was like, what the hell is morning pages? You know? <laughs> so I, um, so I, you know, ordered the artist way and I started doing morning pages and, um, I'm very proud actually, cause I did it. I've done it. Uh, I skipped last yesterday cause I wasn't in town, but, um, I think I'm at like day 35 or something consistently. And, um, and yesterday I felt like something was missing, you know, like I hadn't yeah. had that time to myself. Um, and I fit it into my routine and I will say for anybody out there, like you end up writing words and sentences that you never thought were inside of you. Mm-hmm. And it is insane. <laughs> like, I don't know another word, like, like uncovering things that you didn't know were down there or emotions you never <laughs> thought you had. And some of it's just total BS, like blah, blah, blah. This is on the TV, you know, cause you have to keep writing, but then, right. you know, every couple of days there's just something. And anyways, I highly encourage it. It's pretty amazing. It's like um, the only place you can get away with like hyperbole, like yeah. extreme, you know, yeah. statements on the, on the earth and world. And yeah. Um, yeah. You can just say everything is always broken and you're like, yes, it is. <laughs> everything is always broken right. in my brokenness yeah there's a therapist <laughs> across from you to say like wow that was really depressing Jessica <laughs> yeah you can just you can talk about your brokenness I think I talk about being free like I'm stuck on my lack of freedom like a broken record and so everything comes back to the word freedom <laughs> 
<laughs> so you would think like, oh my God, this is like Braveheart. <laughs> like, what lack is of, going on? What do you mean on? your lack of freedom? Um, I, so from a, from a very young age, I was controlled, like just every freaking thing about my life had a thumb of a parent on it. Like I had no freedom, none. And even after I was married and in college, there was still no freedom for me. And a lot of that I realize now is my fault. But when you are (laughs) like trapped your whole life, you don't, you know, you don't know that you have freedom as an option. And so now, even though I'm married with kids and I run my own life, I perceive anything that is an obligation as being trapped. (laughs) (laughs) So everything is like trapping me, even though... I chose most of these trappings and this is the life I've created and it's not a bad life and I'm not ungrateful for it. But my first instinct when I'm upset is, well, I'm just trapped. (laughs) I'm just, I'm trapped. And so when I get going on my morning pages, it's all about freedom. Like even right now, my room is trashed because there's laundry, the bed's not made and I have the curtains pulled or the shades pulled down because when I record podcasts it's like one less you know reflective surface to bounce sound off of and so I'm sitting here I'm like even in this room I'm trapped (laughs) because I have like behind my sound screen and the laundry is behind me and you know so when I do my morning pages it's always about freedom and so then I have to talk about but you're not trapped you know and then and then ask myself what's really going on right um which I think is very powerful because if you have this, and this comes up in, in the year of no nonsense, like if you have this recurring theme in your life, that's called a core belief. <laughs> and that yeah. core belief impacts a lot of um, your actions and your habits and your addictions and everything else. And so I've long known that I've felt trapped. And so I have, that's one of my core beliefs and I'm trapped, but I'm not, <laughs> you know, I right. have complete and utter freedom. Um, so I, that's the thing I have to work on. I have to work on, um, okay, what is what does it mean to be free and, and that kind of stuff. But that mm-hmm. comes out a lot in, in the morning pages. It's just like freedom. Yeah. And some of those, uh, the Artist Way actually also has uh, questions to do every week that are very pressing. <laughs> oh, see, I haven't done that. Oh, man. The, so like the first week alone is like, if you had five alternate lives to leave, what would you be? What would your oh, lives no. look like? That's hard. I'm but not it's, doing that. <laughs> I'm not asking you right now. I'm just telling you. And then another one is if you had um, uh, address a like a creative monster in your life, like who is somebody in your life that, that told you not to be creative? Who is that? Mm. And write a letter to that person. And wow. yeah, it's, it's tough. It's really, I tough. have that book. Um, but I, I never read it. Like I just looked at her video on morning pages and that's, Cheater. <laughs> that's what I do. Be- and I'm glad I didn't now. Cause Oh my God, five alternate lives for someone who struggles with the concept of freedom. I'll okay. be going to pick one and take it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be like, Oh, life three sounds good. See you guys. Well, spoiler alert. In week two, you have to come up with five more. So there's 10 oh total. Gosh. Are these, these are like five lives that you would want to live or just like creative lives yeah. so you can then write a story about them? No, like, um, for instance, like for me, um, I don't remember all of them, but it was like, if you could pick five alternate lives, what would they be? If you could go, kind of go back and do it all again, or if you could imagine yourself doing something else. So like mine was like a travel photographer, mm. like, hello, that'd be amazing. Um, uh, With your lesbian best friend, Meredith. Who <laughs> <laughs> would also love to be a travel photographer. I mean, That's I guess funny. in our alternate universe, we don't have to be lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that came from. Um, <clears throat> we can be. That's fine. I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's our alternate universe. We do it. I don't know. Well. Both eights. I don't know if that would work or not, but <laughs> I guess your husband is now. So, <laughs> um, Like a bookstore owner or like a coffee shop owner. Um I would love to own a clothing line. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff, like how you could envision yourself. And it's actually, I don't know if it's more helpful than hurtful, because then you just look at your current life and you're like, right. this sucks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I would just look at that. And, I mean, now you tell me there's there's 10 of them. I mean, I would just look at like, oh, well, look at these 10 lives I should have. Freedom, I'm out of here. Like, all right. Well, now that you're thinking about it, what what's one of them? Um. So I've always, always, always had, like my number one just, dream life was to be a journalist in New York. 
Oh, like, period. Okay. And so every time I go to New York, I'm like, I'm not leaving. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go find a 100-square-foot apartment and get a table, and I'll sleep on the floor. And, like, it's fine. You'd be <laughs> like, like an intern again. <laughs> I mean, you know, so for me, that's always – well, here's the thing, too. I have actually never lived alone in my life. Oh, and I really struggle with that. I went straight from my parents' house to college with a roommate and then to an apartment with a roommate, and then I got married. Mm. Um. So I really regret that I have never lived alone. Hmm. That was actually <laughs> one of my questions. What Do you have any regrets in life? And Yes, yes. I have a ton of regrets. <laughs> this podcast is not long, not long enough. Um, yeah, That's a pretty a solid one, though, not living by yourself. Yeah, it is. It's huge. Yeah. Um, it's a huge regret. It doesn't necessarily mean that I wouldn't have made the same choices. But the fact that I didn't know that I had the option to be free, to live by myself, to not get married at 21. Right. And it's not to say that I wouldn't have married the man I did. I think there's a high, high, high probability that no matter what I would have chosen to do, whether move to New York or live alone or live with him or whatever, there's a high probability we would have still gotten married. I just think we probably would have at that space and time. But yeah, like to not have figured out what I wanted and to not just have my own fridge with my own stuff in it. That seems so trivial to anyone that probably has had some freedom <laughs> back to that word. But yeah, I mean, I just, I, I really regret jumping from college to marriage. Not that I regret marriage, not that I regret who I married, but I regret that I didn't yeah. take the time to figure out what do I want? Who am I? I, I won't get on my soapbox about that, but I really do think that people should experience their 20s. I like as somebody that got married late in life, I can't imagine have gotten married that young because yeah. of who I am at, at 21 versus 31 is completely night and day. Anybody listening, you're 21, want to get married, go for it. I'm just. No, don't. Don't. But, you're a bloody. Or don't, idiot. actually. <laughs> no, you're, you're, I, I don't a, authority on you're a fool. I'm sorry. You're an absolute fool if you get married at 21 and you don't even know it. 20s are just, I think, uh, an underestimated decade in your life of growth and yeah. really becoming, you know, who you are, because that's when you start working, you start getting in, you know, business environments, you create that core group of friends, you that's when you really create your core beliefs, because now that you're on your own, you don't have anybody to tell you what to think you create it on your own. Um, and just that decade. And that's why I, I empathize with you, because I did have that time. And I did live alone and I did have only my stuff in a fridge. And I lived with my dog in a one bedroom apartment in little five points in Atlanta underneath a house. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. like maybe 400 square foot basement apartment. But you know what? It was amazing. It was great. <laughs> and, and you know what I did in my 20s is I drank myself into damn near death. And I, and I made really bad choices. And I hated that I chose the legal profession. Like my 20s were an absolute waste. Yeah. They were a waste from the time I had my son at 27. I mean, I say that life changed once I, once I had him, um, but like 20 to 27, mm -hmm. like I could just literally take a scalpel, cut that out of my life and throw it away and be like nothing missed. But <laughs> isn't that sad though? Like, how no, 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 no. Okay, we need to, we need to turn this a little bit more positive. I'm the positive one in this relationship, everybody. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> Everyone's like, man, Meredith's a bummer. Good yeah, thing you are being usually. a bummer. Stop being a bummer. Um, it's part of my job too, is just like keeping her like happy and optimistic. I'm hyper optimistic. I want to talk about my darkness. And she's like, <laughs> no one lets me talk about my darkness. Um, so. Yeah, let's turn that around. Uh, and but for real, though, like how many people <laughs> no, I, have, I'm not have that, you know, like regret that then becomes who they are in life. Right. And it's not, you know, I turned it around, That's but okay. it could so have. It where could've... you are now, though. Yeah. Like, okay. You're like, I would take a scalpel and cut that out of my life. But <laughs> where you are now is because of that. Right. So can you, would, shouldn't you be grateful for that? <laughs> ah, the ever amazing question of shouldn't you be grateful? Yeah, no, and I am. <laughs> <You're> right now. 
Well, here's the thing about that question. I think that that question, like, shouldn't you be grateful, is such a double-edged sword. It is. It really um, and I'm, be- because, no like, of course I'm grateful. Yeah. Of course I'm grateful for where I am. But, and this is this also goes to the idea of regret is a waste of time. Because if I, like, think about that for more than the span of that that we've just talked about it for, like, six minutes, I will start to spiral. Right. Um, I will start to get so angry and so blamey and so just full of regret because my, my biggest drinking days were from 21 to 25, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I, I am grateful for it because it showed me what good is. Um, yeah. But the whole idea of like, well, shouldn't you be grateful for it? It, it kind of, I don't know. It, it Like I said, I just can't grateful think of a bad word, I guess. It's yeah, not, I don't know. Support. I'm just saying, so here you are being able to motivate other people, right? And being able to help other people out of their regrets and their abyss. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty powerful, like, honestly. Um, and I think there's a lot of people out there that try but have never been there before. Um, and that's another reason I said you should be proud of the book um, is because that you have come through all that and so many people you've already impacted, not to mention yeah. – how many people you are going to impact because the book is going to be everywhere, which is super exciting. So that's what I mean by grateful. Yeah, I know. I know. And, but I think it's, it's, but you're just being a bummer today. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm a bummer. Maybe we should have done this like three weeks ago. Um, no, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. And okay. I'm getting, I'm getting cheery again. Um, okay. So I, I, I tell people all the time, there's literally nothing you can do about the past. Nothing. And so I do not spend my time in the past. I I hardly even think about my 20s. And so like when we we started talking about the 20s and the alternate lives and when I'm like, oh, my God, like all of a sudden all the dark clouds rolled in and I'm like, you know, shit, (laughs) because I can't think about that because the shame storm comes and the regret comes and the pain and so literally the, what I tell people about, like, you can't focus on what could have been, what you should have done. You only have today. I do that so as much for myself yeah. as um, for helping other people, because you really can't, you can only focus on what you can, what you can do today and in the future. I mean, even though the future, who knows what that is. Right. right. Um, so yeah, it is a bummer when, <laughs> when I talk about the past and regret because it internally, like there is like the effect on me when I truly think about that is very painful. And so when you're like, you're a bummer, I'm like, yeah, it's cause I'm dark right now. <laughs> I mean, cause like literally I stepped into it for a minute and I'm like, fuck, you know, that really, it's hard. It's hard. Um, and I think all of that to say that I think it's very easy that if someone is prone to regret and, and living with guilt for whatever thing, why they feel stuck, because if I wanted to spend 10 more minutes thinking about my past, I probably would ruin my whole day. And if I chose to revisit that every morning, I would ruin every day for days to come. And so part of the morning pages that's so beneficial is you can get that stuff out. Right. And part of trying to live in the present is you don't keep going back there mm-hmm. every day to the things that you can't change. And mm-hmm. so this was a really good exercise <laughs> in proving that. <laughs> So isn't everyone morning pages, everybody at 3 15 p.m right. um, i mean i think it's also good for people to hear like oh well meredith's kind of a pain in the ass sometimes as <laughs> proven by jessica yeah, um yeah so i don't know okay so another thing about your book um so you talked about like the process about how you started writing it and you gave it to your publisher um I am actually curious because I, um, like Meredith said, I kind of found out about her through a friend, um, her podcast, I think kind of like early summer. So I actually wasn't really one of the original people that kind of followed the year of the nonsense stuff before it was what it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's literally going to be published and in like Walmart, Target, Barnes and Noble, like that's <laughs> a pretty, pretty big leap. Right. Um, so when was that point where you wanted to turn it into a book? Where you were like, this is a book. That's it. Um, you know, the book that I'd have to really go back and look at this. I'm not actually sure if the year of no nonsense was the original book title. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I'm not actually sure because at the time I was also working on a, the suck line theory, which will probably eventually be a book too. But um, I'd buy yeah. that. What it's about, but it sounds good. The suck line, yeah. That that basically you list your your top priorities, and then you take a line and you draw it through the middle, and everything below that line sucks like you don't touch it you leave it alone and you just deal with the priorities above that line and it's like it's just basically like a crisis management <laughs> um theory and so i've i posted that years ago on the blog and so a lot of people loved it and i've done some talks around it and so i know that was a big part of the the pitched book but the year of no nonsense the hashtag and the group and all that did start in 2017 and we had like a pledge um around that but i would have to go back and look about how this turned into a book like i don't even remember is that weird no it's not i feel like i work like that when like creatively Mm -hmm. i don't even remember how it started i just know that this is what it is now it's like you know the the baby lion and lion king it's like whoa (laughs) here it is i don't know how we got here (laughs) that was a hell of a sound effect (laughs) so um, speaking of the, the Facebook group, I'm actually not in it. Um, oh, really? no, I'm actually not. And I think I made the header for it or something. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> welcome to my life, everybody. Hey. Uh, so can you tell me, because I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to join, um, after this, because, uh, I think it's like on your website and places like yeah. that. What, what, like what's beneficial about having a group like that and what kind of things do you guys like work through in that. Well, and you know, you know, it started out, um, Facebook groups are so weird right now. I mean, I used to, I used to have a ton of them and they're, they were highly, highly interactive Mm -hmm. and especially in the triathlon space. And then they got catty and then they got quiet and then they got catty again and then they got quiet. And so then I just removed them and then people got catty. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, like whatever. And so this group was based off of the pledge I created which you can probably find on like Google images, but it was like a list of um, like tenants of a year of no nonsense. Like I'm not going to feed into the drama. I'm not going to take part in people pleasing. And so it really does have its roots in, in this group, but the group is kind of quiet. I mean, I basically go in there and I'm like, please buy my book. I need people to buy these books. (laughs) And then everyone will like, give me a heart. Um, So right now it's kind of quiet. Uh, It's a, it's a group for people to, use you know to talk about how they're applying the year of no nonsense and i expect it to i really do expect to maybe make it into more of like a book club once we once people have the book and well i just added that to my list to revamp the facebook group thanks for thanks for that (laughs) your Um, list is now create book club yeah exactly prompts (laughs) so congratulations so have there been any are there any stories that come to mind of people that have read the book or followed you and have taken that pledge that you're just like, damn, that's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. So I've had a couple of people pre-read it and they're, you know, their words, not mine. You know, I'm completely blown away by this book, mm-hmm. but <laughs> there's always a, but <laughs> they say, but this, this is exactly what I need, but not everyone is going to be ready for this. And it's weird because yeah. almost everyone that's read the book has a but about it, which is really interesting because I'm trying to think about the last time I read a book where I said, oh, my God, this book changed my life. But. <laughs> and so I don't know what that means, you know. And that's where I think my, the anxiety around, like, when you're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of butts involved. There's a lot of butts, man. A lot of butts and a lot of boobs. Um, inverted nipples. See? A lot of Brought it back. Nipples. Brought it back. I know. I know. So that's the thing. Like, I feel I feel like the people that have said, oh, my gosh, this book is, has changed my life already. Right. You have changed my life already. But you're not for everyone. And I think it's kind of a good synonym for just life and for people in general. Like not everyone is going to like me and not everyone's going to like my book and not everyone has liked me or liked my other book. (laughs) And that's okay too. And that's okay. And that's okay. Because here's the thing. I realize, I know for a fact at this point that my existence has meant something to a handful of people. Like I, I know direct impact that 
me getting sober had on families. I know direct impact, me talking of my suicide attempt had on families and things like that. So even if this book sells 10 copies and all 10 people give it one star, I know it doesn't matter because there's been points in my life that I've been able to have an impact. And, and really, I mean, what, what else matters? Right. I mean, I would like to be able to make a living doing this, but nothing is, nothing is promised and there's just no guarantees, but I, I gave it my best shot. I mean, I gave this book everything I had and and so much to the point where my husband's like, what's your next book going to be? I said, well, it's going to be fiction because I've got nothing left. (laughs) I mean, he said, well, surely you can, you can, I'm like, I have nothing. I have no, not a single drop ounce to give of myself left. Yeah. Not not anytime soon. Like truly, I gave it everything. <laughs> it's yeah. all that I have. <laughs> I mean, that's all you can do. Yeah, I yeah. think that's awesome. So, last question that I have is: I know that your no nonsense covers a lot of things. Um, not a ton, but you know, just different topics in general. What is the if people could read it and take one thing away, what would that be? When they close that last page, what do you want them to feel or think? <laughs> I want them to realize. Hit you and say a but in the review. <laughs> <laughs> but. But. Um, I want them to realize that their biggest personal brand of nonsense that that they can put their finger on. I think I want them to get to that. Uh-huh. I think that is the goal of the book. And the problem is, on the surface, we think our biggest problem is X. Like, we think, oh, my goodness, I need to lose weight. That is not your problem. Your problem is about 10 levels deeper and to the right 100 feet. (laughs) Like, I want people, and and this is where I think the but comes in, um, because... You can read the book and you can go, oh, it's a great idea. My personal brand of nonsense is my weight. And then you can do some work around that. But you're not doing the work. And that's where the book comes in because not everyone wants to do that. Not everyone wants to look back or look forward and face their shit and face their family shit and face their habits. Not everyone wants to do that. But if you're in a position where you want to change your life, Right. And you're suffering and you're tired and you're like, I'm done feeling this way, then you need to keep digging. And so the thing that I want people to take away is um, the ability to question their final answer. <laughs> like right. when you say, this is my biggest suffering. This is the thing causing me the most pain. And when you read the book, you'll have more of an idea what I'm talking about. I want you to keep questioning that and keep peeling and keep asking until you get to the answer. Because when you get to the answer, mm-hmm. you're going to know it. And then your whole life will, will change your whole ability to literally change direction, to take charge of your emotions, to enhance your relationships will change. But unless you dig deep enough, you won't get there. And it's no fun. And that's why I think people are like, oh, but the book, I don't know if I want to recommend it because it's like a good book. But, oh, I don't know. It's hard work. <laughs> but and, yeah. the, best, uh, the best example of that, um, I remember reading it when I went through it. Um, it was a part about <clears throat> you were just mentioning losing weight. And it's like, I need to lose weight. And then you like peel the onion back. And it's like, well, I don't work out because I don't have time. I don't have time because I just keep myself busy. And I keep myself busy because I don't want to sit down because that makes me feel things. And I don't want to feel things because I don't feel like I'm able to be loved. And it's like, okay, yeah. that's why you don't work out. <laughs> like, right. I, it went down and down, like even further. And I just remember like stopping at that point. And that was the moment where I was like, wow, this yeah. is going to hit people hard. Because I think the example, the the example that I appeal to, and this was just an example, but it's, yeah, it starts with the weight because you you say, what is the biggest problem? What is the biggest brand of nonsense in my life right now? And for me, I would say, oh, it's my weight. And so then I would ask myself the question like, okay, well, why am I overweight? Well, it's because I don't exercise. Well, why don't I exercise? I don't exercise because I don't have enough time. Why don't I have enough time? Well, it's because I'm stuck in this job with these 
kids and this yeah. husband and like, well, you know, are you really stuck in this job? Well, no, but, and you keep asking yourself, mm-hmm. what, asking and asking, asking, and then you're like, well, marriage is a prison. <laughs> I'm stuck and marriage is a prison. Well, is marriage really a prison? Are you stuck here? No, but it feels like a prison because growing up, my parents' marriage was scary and that marriage made me think that marriage was a prison. And then you just keep like asking those kind of crazy inquiries. And then you get down to the fact that you were just scared as a child because your home wasn't safe. And then you're like, oh, my God, holy crap, there's the root of my issue. That's why I'm terrified. That's why I don't trust anyone. That's why I continue to eat and think I don't have to. And then you can trace it right back up to the presenting problem, which is the 20 pounds of weight gain. Right. And not everyone wants to peel, and I call it, that's the truth onion that anyone's been following. Um, that's what I call the truth onion, that most of us spend the vast majority of our time on the slippery or the crunchy outer skin. Like, we're not even peeling to the first slippery layer. But once you yeah. get to that, like, stinky, putrid core, like, as horrible as it feels at first, then you know. You're like, this is it. This this is the core of the truth, of my fear, of my problems, of my addictions, and now I can begin to build my life. And and that's where I think the big butt with the book comes in. Because a lot of people are oh, like, yeah. nope, <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> I'm not peeling that. I'm not going there. Um, and that's fine. But the thing about it, I feel like the book, <laughs> like I feel like the people that throw the book down and are like, no, that they're going to put it on their shelf and then they're going to dig it out in a year or they're going to dig it out in two years. And it's all about oh, yeah. when you're ready, you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think stuff like that gets out of your head once you read it. And there's a lot of stuff in your book that's like that. Like, even just the example we're talking about, it, I literally keep, I tell myself that if I'm feeling something, like, it'd be stupid, like, I don't want to do the dishes. And it's like, why? <laughs> and then I'm like, channel Meredith in my head, why don't you want to do the dishes? You know, <laughs> is it because your mom made you do the dishes? And then it's like this, like, it's like this cycle. And then I'm like, Oh my God, it's just the dishes, you know, it's just the dishes. Yeah. But is it, you know, like, but is it exactly? But is it? I mean, the thing as simple as having a clean bedroom goes back to the fact yes. that I was expected to keep my bedroom clean and I'm just not going to do it now. And I know where it comes from. Yep. But then I have a really great satisfaction when I do, because then I'm like, oh, I'm not a slob. <laughs> but the rebellion is real. I mean, it's yeah. real. No, We're all a bunch of eight-year-olds. Or just eights. <laughs> or just eights. <laughs> just eights. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all of my questions. Um, there were some See more. how easy it is to fill almost an hour? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, we could talk forever, so. That's true. It's true. And you just talk a lot because you're a narcissist. Ayo. I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But everybody, she's really not. It's like a long running joke that somebody called her a narcissist a long time ago. So now right. she just, she just kind of like playfully owns it, but <laughs> she really is not. But I think on some level to put yourself out there and believe in yourself, you do have to have some level of narcissism, I guess. Is I that- have to wonder like, but I, okay. I don't know. I think about that a lot if it's really I believe in myself or if I just don't at all and I hope someone else does. (laughs) (laughs) That way someone will be like, you're great. And I'll be like, oh, thank God. (laughs) Thank you. Please keep telling me. Keep telling me. (laughs) Someone else tell me they like me because I don't like me. (laughs) That's super fair. Um, I think there's a healthy level and I think that you are the healthy. So I don't know though. I mean, who's, who's to say that what I'm doing makes any sense? I don't know. I think we're we're about to find out. <laughs> yeah, we are. You are. Yeah, it's true. And you know, that's the funny thing. I feel like this book is going to change everything or absolutely nothing. I I just I feel like I'm going to be yeah. like, "Oh my god, it's so great. Everything is life is so good or like nothing is going to change." And it's just going to be the same. And then I I feel like either scenario is is terrible. <laughs> And I think that's why I'm having a hard time with it because either way, my life changes and and my life has been changing so much for the last decade. Um, I just You're feel a like lover. I mean, you've moved twice. Yeah. 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 And I feel like if the book takes off and it becomes a bestseller and everything is awesome, 
then that changes everything for obvious reasons. And then if it doesn't, it changes everything because, like, then I have to go back to practicing law. <laughs> you don't have to go back. <laughs> then I have to go, like, yeah. I mean, I got to do something. <sighs> I got to go well, do bummer something. Bummer Meredith needs to take a time out until at no, least, like, six I'm months. not a bummer. Not a bum- Am I a bummer? Kind of bummery. Why? Because you're like, people want to hear that it's going to be a bestseller. <laughs> then they'll be mad at me because now I'm famous. <laughs> Shut up. She uh, no coffee. See, you can't win, Jessica. That's what I've been I, telling I you. I really cannot. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Signing off, Meredith. Don't you have a Don't you have a, a Facebook cover to make or something? I, I have like ten tasks. Literally, literally. I'm delinquent. Because I'm and I'm in law school. So no. Oh yeah, you are in law school. Oh yeah. So everyone, Jessica <laughs> is in law school. Like so she gets bit she gets salty anytime I mention law. <laughs> that's like salty. what she's doing right now. And she's like, I don't get it why you hate law so much. I mean <laughs> I like, get you, why you hate it, but I don't know. I don't know. I know. I, don't know I keep for- honestly either. just keep forgetting that I mean I know you're in law school, but I keep forgetting that every time I say that I'm like crushing on your dream so i'll stop i mean i won't stop you're not crushing I'll... on my dreams my dream is to get through law school i have i don't have any dreams beyond that <laughs> and i can't explain it and i tell people it's like you doing you know eight iron mans or whatever it's just like something that like you want to do like you're like i want to do an iron man and you did an iron man yeah and mine has been for 15 years i want to go to law school and that's where we're at and I, that's fine. That. I feel like if i hadn't done it i would have the same thing Oh, like it's literally been on my brain for 15 years. And then I finally am like have the opportunity to go even though I have a child. And um, so, yeah, you can you can dump on me all you want. I don't care. <laughs> because I don't <laughs> I don't want to work in big law. I don't I don't even know what I want to do with it. I just know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I'm lucky enough to be able to do it. You're like, I know that I don't want to interview you for a podcast ever again. <laughs> that is not true, actually. This is super fun. You're like one thing is sure <laughs> things i know for sure hashtag oprah yeah well, thank you jessica You're welcome look forward to your next demanding email i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> she's not demanding but she is very to the point it's but that's how i communicate oh too. my god I, would you but don't you prefer that oh absolutely okay absolutely. yeah i know people send me like fluffy emails and i'm like oh my god get to the point like what do you want from me what do i need to do and when does it need to be done <laughs> I just started in the subject. I'm like, hey, da, 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 and then continue it in the email, and that's it. Nope, it's all I need. It's all I need. I, I appreciate the brevity. I really do. And good luck on, to you on Pub Day. And I'll be in Boston on Pub Day. I'm so excited. For anyone that's listening today on December 17th, I will be at Brookline Booksmith tonight, 7 p.m. So head on over if you're in Boston. And go buy the book everywhere. And if they don't have it, ask for it because, right. yeah. I'm really excited for you. I'm proud of Thank you. I appreciate your help <laughs> on everything, you know, making me look as narcissistic as possible. It's <laughs> my new tagline. Narciss- making people look as narcissistic as possible. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Same 24 Hours. Remember to rate, review, and share this podcast. It really matters. I appreciate it. See you next time.